It's Wednesday, August 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Good to be here. It is a happy Wednesday. It's because we were just reading The Onion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and if I don't do that enough these days. Yeah. You know, we should all, we like all... I remember old things from The Onion yeah. and, and go and reread them. For those who are listening who may not be familiar with The Onion, you should be familiar with What's The Onion. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, you know, we've got some younger listeners. Maybe they're just, I don't know, maybe they're just unfamiliar. The Onion's been around a long time, but it is a, started as a satirical newspaper, printed newspaper in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and now just the website, theonion.com, and just some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant and brilliantly funny comedy to be found on The Onion. That's true. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're here because it's earnings season, and we got a lot to talk about. And let's start with uh, let's start with today's reminder that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is an average of thirty companies. And if any one of those companies is having a particularly bad day, then it can drag down whatever is happening, whatever positive thing is happening with the other twenty nine. And that is absolutely happening today with the Walt Disney Company. Revenue was a little light for the quarter. There were some good things in the in the quarter. We'll get to those, Uh, but the revenue was light, and the guidance for the television division, which includes ESPN, that was lowered, and that I think is why the stock is down around seven eight percent today. Yeah, I think that's you're right. That seems to be the narrative that's going out there as to why the stock price is down. Uh, what it is today off of a uh, recent high, uh, all-time high for the company. So, keep in mind, it's still been a very good year for the, the shareholders of Disney, uh, even including today's action. But ESPN uh, is beginning to see some of the effects of cord cutting uh, and and having uh, some loss of uh, you know subscribers from that uh, as people. Get rid of cable or get you know, into more specific packages uh, that don't necessarily include ESPN. And as you run that out into the future, ESPN having been a phenomenal uh, growth driver for the company, one part of a very large and diversified company, but a very important one, that, that seems to be the cause of concern. That appears to be the only cause of concern, though. I mean, if you look at the park traffic, which is up. You look at the studio's business with the blockbusters they're having this year, and the way that feeds into consumer products. I mean, everything else is going really well. But as you said, I think it was just earlier this week the stock had hit an all-time high. So, this is, I mean, yes, it's trading down, but once you widen the lens beyond just what is happening today, it's it's hard to th- look at this as anything other than just a, a another great year. Yeah, a stock, a, a stock is as differentiated from the company behind the stock, but a stock moving up in anticipation of earnings, uh, maybe some short covering, whatever uh, expectation that. Do you think there are people shorting quarter, this stock? There are people shorting everything, but uh, this that would not explain. Too much of a company this big, right? There, there isn't that much negative sentiment about it. Uh, but you know, there are companies of this size, more phenomenal growth companies. Your Facebook, which is bigger, people short that on valuation all the time. So, an earnings report or and anticipation of earnings, you might get some short covering pushing a stock up. Anyway, uh, as you say, it's it's a good good result 
from Disney generally. They lowered some some guidance for the rest of the year, but it's it's Star Wars is coming out. That's going to be the narrative uh, for the rest of Shanghai Disney coming next year. Yes, and uh, expanding perhaps the rumors are in Anaheim as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. There was a, there was something. Uh, I I think I saw it a, a couple of weeks ago about some sort of. I, I think it was a billion dollar investment that they're making into that, and I I clearly didn't read further, but uh, I I I got the sense that it was just sort of renovations as opposed to expansion. Well, they bought some properties adjacent to the existing facility, and and so one suspects maybe they'll be doing more with that than keeping them as office buildings. So. There was a story I read in the Washington Post earlier this week that was looking at the business of ESPN, and one of the people who was quoted in the story was an analyst who basically modeled out what would ESPN need to charge people if they were going to go it alone. This idea that ESPN is just going to break off and say, well, we don't need the cable companies. They have a really sweet deal right now, basically somewhere north of $6 Per month, they're getting from the cable companies. Like if you're if you're if you haven't cut the cord and you're paying for cable, you've got ESPN and, and like six dollars twenty cents, something like that, from your bill is going to ESPN. And this one analyst had modeled out saying they would basically need to charge thirty six dollars a month for just a standalone. So you want to cut the cord, but you want ESPN, that's going to cost you thirty six dollars a month, roughly about four hundred dollars a year. You do that as a consumer? Uh, would you do that? No. No, I wouldn't, and I don't. I would have to look at that math as to why they're getting six dollars a month. For that that is the number of people that would actually take them up on that offer is well, that's one sixth of the existing. That's part cable of it. Users that that you have, you know, if you have just to make the math easy, if you have a hundred million cable subscribers, really only about thirty to thirty-five million or so are watching ESPN. The the majority of those people are not interested, so they're like, "Well, I don't need that." So that's that's at least part of why the math gets big pretty quickly. I mean, would would you? Um, I think I would I would seriously consider it, just because when I think about what I'm watching on cable television, it basically boils down to HBO and sports. Yeah, that's just me. Uh, my kids, if they were in the room, they might have other ideas. Might, uh, well, my one of my kids watches a lot of ESPN too, uh, but I don't think thirty six dollars is a competitive offering. You know, with the other things that people will spend uh, per month as as there's fragmentation. Look, ESPN's strong enough; they've got enough contacts. They'll they will survive into whatever future. Uh, there is, and and how much fragmentation there is, and cord cutting, and and individual subscriptions, they'll they'll do okay. But it becomes harder to model the future, right? Uh, you're bringing up the thirty six dollar uh, estimate, and then you can start discounting how many people would want that, and then it becomes a lot harder to get at how much there is going to be coming from ESPN in the future. Is Compared to the say the last five years of just modeling, oh, there will be ten percent more every year, that kind of thing. It's already huge, and it's just going to be a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger every year. It's going to add another channel, the Ocho, eventually, hopefully. Sure, it's about time. We're all looking forward to the Ocho. How often do you think they talk about the Ocho in ESPN offices? ESPN, as I understand, is a pretty big company, so I, li- I like to think it's at least once a week someone is making a reference to the Ocho. 
got to be more than that. If you're working there, let I us think know. if you're working there. Um, just to wrap up on the stock itself, we know people working there. What's a, we, we we know a couple people working yeah. there. Um, to get back to Disney stock, do you look at this? What's happening today as a buying opportunity? Granted, it's coming off of an all-time high, so it's not like this is a stock trading at any kind of a deep discount. But as you said, Star Wars is coming. Shanghai Disney is coming. It's uh, you know, and they've already lowered the guidance for the TV division. I don't know. It it really does seem like if you were interested in Disney yesterday. As an investment, yeah. I mean, as as a trade, I wouldn't recommend looking at today's price as, as especially compelling. But as an investment, it just has so much going for it. Uh, it is in the right places, uh, all over the place. Star Wars is is about to re erupt. In in, they seem to have plans beyond the the core movies, the spin off movies. Uh, this. You know, a rumored uh, land expansion in Anaheim. Maybe that's for new Star Wars themed rides there. Uh, it's going to be a complete juggernaut, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. How many times do you think you'll be talking about something Star Wars in and around the time the, the next movie comes out? Uh, on this show? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about on this show. Certainly in my home, many, many times. If, if, you know the interest from my children is is any gauge. Yes, I think that is a. You go on opening day? No, I'm not going opening day. And and please, aren't you a good dad? <laughs> I thought. I not, mean, not that you good. Might be. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, no, you thought wrong. <laughs> you thought wrong. Uh, sticking in the entertainment industry, DreamWorks Animation, uh, their loss for the second quarter basically doubled, and the stock is down 10. percent uh, I did my part. DreamWorks shareholders. I I took one of my kids to see Home and enjoyed it. It was a, a very enjoyable movie. But this is, gosh, this is just uh, such a struggling business. And it seems yeah. like even with restructuring costs and that sort of thing, they really can't get themselves in a position to move the company forward. No, no, they really can't. And I, they've got little ventures for. Online stuff or TV stuff or YouTube channels, and no, nobody really cares about any of that. Uh, I think that the things that one would have looked at as franchises uh, for the company uh, don't appear to be gaining strength. Shrek at one time seemed to be sort of an unstoppable part of children's entertainment, and they could just run that out for forever. Uh, but you really don't hear too much uh, about that anymore. I don't know what kind of uh, how to train your dragon. That uh, how much that extends. Uh, there's the, the TV show and there are the movies, and it does well, but not well enough to make anybody excited about the the stock. They they sort of throw a hit and a miss, and a hit and a miss, and that just is sort of a one step forward, two steps back kind of kind of pattern for the company with nothing really building. There, there's no reinvestment uh, of the good movies into a business which can compound. It's just they keep trying movies, and this is the nature of the business. This is not specific to DreamWorks. Um, you have one hit, you have one miss, you're not really moving forward. Then let's move forward out of the entertainment industry onto Zillow. Um, Second quarter results were better than expected. Uh, Stock up a little bit today, although in a way it's sort of the opposite of of Disney's stock, just in terms of 2015 performance. 
whereas Disney's steadily moving up through 2015 and then dropping back today. Zillow has been moving steadily down this year. Um, but this seemed to be something of a surprise, in part because, at least according to Spencer Raskoff, the CEO, the, the integration of Trulia seems to be going a little bit more quickly, a little bit more smoothly, and paying dividends a little faster than originally thought. Yeah, or at least than thought the last time we checked in on this story three months ago. So, I think they are in a very good place uh, by you know real estate, domestic real estate. Uh, the housing market is again picking up, and that uh, works out very well for Zillow. They do very well getting uh, real estate agents to sign. It has more than a hundred thousand agents on its platform. Uh, that's a good number, and it's growing. And you kind of need to be there uh, nowadays. Uh, so the old models for real estate agents are changing, just like they are in all sorts of other uh, businesses. And Zillow is as strong and dominant, having taken over Trulia as just you know just about any other you know, online brand that I can think of in terms of providing what people want. Um, monetizing that still is uh, an evolving part of the business, but uh, they beat on the top line. Uh, guidance was a little shorter uh, than expected, so the, the for the next quarter, or so they're not, you know, ramping up. The stock is is up a little bit today. It's calmed down a little bit from its its early before the market uh, opening. Uh, it's it's working off a low. I think things look okay for the company, but. They've they've still they've got to sort of get more, more of a home run out of the truly acquisition than people think that they really got. Yeah, I was going to say if you looked at this year with Zillow, if you if say six months ago you were looking at this and and listening to what management was saying and getting the sense that okay this is this is not going to be a great year in terms of the businesses. Profitability and therefore the stock performance. Um, you can look at where the company is right now and where the stock is right now and think, okay, you know what? This could be worse. This 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 could have gone worse than being. I think down even with the rise today. I think the stock is down about twenty seven percent year to date. And but I I think you're absolutely right that it's like okay, if if twenty fifteen is about sort of weathering a little bit of a storm here in terms of the overall business, then I think it's fair to ramp up the pressure a little bit in terms of what should be expected in twenty sixteen. Well, I'm looking at the analyst estimates for for twenty sixteen, and this is data that was captured before this latest report. So the stock is expected. The company is expected to lose five cents a share this year and to make a buck fifty a share next year. So if it does that, you're going to see better returns. But even a dollar fifty next year, you're talking about a stock that today is going for seventy five bucks. So that's you know fifty times next year's earnings for a company that is not profitable right now. The earnings for next year are guided too, but. Still speculative for a company that has never made that kind of money, uh, so investors are justified in withholding their enthusiasm uh, <laughs> until, until it is uh, until it arrives. You know, it, it, at a certain point, the promise that we have the the positioning and we will be the dominant player in this field has to give way to show me the money. 
We're going to talk about lumber liquidators, so no. We're not. Boy, they're not going to show you the money. <laughs> they're not going to show you the money. Uh, gosh. There may be lumber liquidator shareholders out there, so we should oh, yeah. be you know, gentle in our schadenfreude. I, I I have no Schadenfreude. This is not a stock I have I've ever owned. This is so I've I have no, I have no emotion tied up in lumber liquidators. Um, the stock is down around twenty percent today, uh, at its lowest point in nearly four years, um, and the second quarter results were just a disaster. The same store sales down ten percent. Um, this, this is an ongoing series of disasters for this company. You know, rumors of investigations followed by allegations, you know, allegations, on 60 minutes, 60 minutes, and actual investigations, and you know, the CEO leaving and the the chief of compliance leaving and uh, customers leaving. You know, ultimately, this falls into the category of a company that you don't trust. And you being at this point customers who are are not showing up, and this is a rapid growth company, and it has morphed into a need for a turnaround. I don't think it's quite gotten out of the we're a rapid growth company mode because it's still planning to open twenty to twenty five new stores in the coming year. I would have thought get your house in order, uh, but maybe it feels it is shareholders or uh, somebody needs to see. A growth part of the story. Uh, I don't know. They've got so many problems over there that I'd, I would, <laughs> I would hold on to their cash. Well, and you look at the balance sheet, and a year ago, even less than a year ago, a very big part of the thesis for lumber liquidators was: God, look at their gross margins. Their gross margins are fantastic. That's why. They're better than the others out there. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. And a year ago, gross margins coming in at forty percent. Now they're twenty-five percent. So, you know, if you just and I sort of look at it and say, you know what? Even if they didn't have these issues, even if they didn't have the sixty minutes investigation and the CEO leaving and and all of these problems, if you just took that one data point and said, you know what? The gross margins are going from forty percent to twenty five percent. I'm not saying the stock is is hitting a nearly four year low, but absolutely people are going to be selling that off because that was if if that was not the number one reason to own this company, it was certainly in the top three. Yeah, and so it's all part of the same story. Why did it ever have gross margins that good? And the story that is out there now, and I'm sure that if management were here, they would offer you a different version of this. But uh, the reason appears to be the margins were so good because they were cutting corners. They were sourcing from places they shouldn't have been sourcing. Uh, they were selling product that was not what it was advertised to be, uh, what they were presenting it as, and uh, having sourced it in that manner, uh, they made a lot of money until they got caught. Now, they'll tell you a different version of it, but that is the uh, feeling that people seem to have they watch 60 minutes i mean it is hard to respond to 60 minutes you just it doesn't matter how much money you can try to spend on the pr after that comes out uh, especially after it comes out and then the investigations heat up on the regulatory and 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 legal side uh, they've got so many lawsuits to deal with right now uh, that's largely what the company is 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 you know a payer of legal bills 
I mean, that's <laughs> that's you can claim that those are one-time things, but they're not one-time expenses. Not for this company. Let's wrap up with uh, something on a slightly more optimistic note, which is that you have a trip coming up to London. You're, I heading, you're heading to London in a couple of weeks. You've been there before, um, and basically, we're, we're. I think I want to call out to our listeners that Bill needs a little help because you've been to London before. You've done sort of. We were talking earlier today. You've you've done sort of the 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 things that one does when one is going to London from another country, and you you hit the typical sites, and those I've, are I've great. Hit the typical sites, but now you're great. looking for something a little off the beaten path. I am. I'm for thinking, someone just spending a few days in London. Yeah. So if you've got, you know, listeners or viewers, do you have viewers? Um, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. All right. Uh, but uh, we have listeners though, and listeners in the UK. Okay. Then they they know they would know. Yeah. So uh, drop I'm, us an email, radio I'm, at I'm, fool.com. If you've been to Secret Cinema, I'm not going to go into that. But okay. those who, who have been there can can let me know whether that's worth doing. I'll, I'll be with my son. Uh, of a little bit of free time, we have th- some things already on the schedule. But uh, yes, looking forward to more interesting things than your typical top twenty things to do in London that uh, are all worth doing. But most of them I've done. Who's that travel guy uh, on public television? I think he's Rick Steves. Rick Steves, yeah, yeah. You should. Is he a listener? Uh, no, Rick Steves. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Rick Steves is not. How do you know? Um, I don't know, but it's a it's a, it's a guess, but it seems logical. Rick, if you've been listening, <laughs> correct the host. Radio at fool.com. Just because he's on public broadcasting, he's he's too No 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 just too much of a big shot to listen to your podcast? I think I look at Rick Steves as a guy with uh, plenty to do. Very little free time on his on his hands. So he's you know, he doesn't have time to learn about business. You know what, maybe you know what? I've, you've completely <laughs> turned me around. Who doesn't have time for that? <laughs> All right, Rick, we know you're listening. Drop an email, radio at fool.com. Give us some off the beaten path tips. For Bill Barker, we'll forward them along. I would say hit Bill up on Twitter, but you're not on Twitter, are you? I am. Are you? Uh, yeah. What's your Twitter handle? I don't know. Wow. I, 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 when I when I go to Twitter, it it brings up, uh, you know, it, it remembers what my handle is, but I, I've never posted so on Twitter. So Twitter's memory is better than yours. My my uh, Microsoft Outlook, you know, uh, Explorer's memory is Chrome actually. Okay. Well then, yeah, we'll de- we'll definitely need the email radio at fool dot com if you have any advice. If not, you know, no worries. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, someone other than Bill Barker. Thanks for <laughs> Thank being here. God. <laughs> As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>